0: Hello, hello, and welcome to D-Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Tentramano. Today is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. Today, we're going to be discussing various topics around the sports world. Baker Mayfield, is he the guy for the Cleveland Browns? Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, who right now is playing better basketball? Jackson State who made big, big headlines today for an FCS school on National Signing Day. Going to get into that a little bit. Chiefs-Chargers for tomorrow night. We're going to be discussing the Thursday night football game. Should be a good one, so we'll delve into that. Uh, My four best bets in the NFL that I like or favor for the weekend. And just some interesting stories that I saw and kind of thought were funny or interesting. So... Uh I'm going to start today, like I said, talking about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a very emotional guy. You know, he shows a lot of emotion on the field. Uh, he has moxie. Um, you know, he definitely brings that to the table. And I don't think anybody would question that. But is he the right guy for the Cleveland Browns? Um, in my opinion, it's No. And I'm going to be explaining why a little bit and doing some comparisons and, you know, talking about what he has around him and how he has not lived up to expectations, probably for the Browns fans in their minds and just overall sports fans like myself. And we're going to get into that. But the Cleveland Browns, they're an organization that has been mocked for probably the past 15 to 20 years. And they catch a lot a lot of flack from people and you know they're they're an ongoing joke of the NFL I should say um except for the last year last last year two years they've been pretty prominent uh and feared by most of the teams that they've gone up against as a potential threat uh last year they looked like one of the biggest potential threats to the Chiefs in the AFC and coming into this year you probably thought like Watch out. You know, this is, this is the year. This is the year the Cleveland Browns get into the Super Bowl. You know, win that AFC Championship game. You know, they have the defense. They got the offense. So many pieces. And, you know, Baker Mayfield at the helm. And it's just been kind of lackluster and sort of a letdown. Seven and six, fighting for a playoff spot. They have stayed, majority-wise, they've been healthy. They have the talent around them to be better than what they are currently. Um, Bad news for this week for them, though. Like 14 of their players have come down with COVID, including Baker Mayfield, who we're discussing, and their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. So this week might be an ugly week. But back to what I was saying. Baker Mayfield, is he the guy? Baker Mayfield, if you watch follow the NFL closely, you'll know he was the number 1 overall pick back in the 2018 draft, picked ahead of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen going number 7, Lamar Jackson going number 32 in that first round. Uh he's always going to be linked to those guys due to them being in the same draft class. Quarterbacks in the same draft class are always compared. They're always going to be linked to each other. They're always going to be compared stat-wise, win-wise, playoff wins, you know, stuff like that. Um, Baker Mayfield, statistically speaking, he hasn't, you know, he can play the game. He He's not a bad quarterback. I'm not, uh, this isn't a topic to prove that Baker Mayfield is a bad quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He'll win you games. He's not a, he's not like a, Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or you know like a Justin Herbert like he's not that kind of quarterback but he is a game manager and a good quarterback um, comparing him to those two guys as I mentioned before Baker Mayfield for his career he has 13,000 pass yards 88 touchdowns 50 interceptions a little bit on the higher end compared to the other two uh, he does not have a his whole career so far he's not in the 90s as far as a quarterback rating goes. He has an 89 rating for his career. He also played the most games as a rookie out of these three guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson only played seven games as a rookie, which hence why he's 4,000 yards behind Baker with just 9,900, almost eclipsing the 10,000 mark. Uh, but nonetheless, 84 touchdowns and 31 picks, uh, four less touchdowns only and 19 less interceptions with a 98 rating. Um... You know, and Josh Allen only played 12 games as a rookie. Still less, but 13,000 yards on par with Baker. 95 touchdowns, 42 picks, 92 rating. You know, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, like I said, picked after Baker, but have been showing me why they deserve to be picked above him. Uh, Baker Mayfield's record as a starting quarterback in this league is 30-28. and 28. Mediocre, about 500. 500. Uh, Lamar Jackson astounding 41 and 17. Josh Allen 35 and 22. Um you know, it, it's hard to to tell when you're when you're going into the draft, it's hard to tell which quarterback is gonna be better. And yeah, Baker Mayfield had all the attributes he wanted. Uh he's a little bit of a smaller guy. He does get banged up a little bit more easily, uh, than a Josh Allen, who's a bigger guy. But you know, Baker Mayfield compared to these guys he's third and for that matter he's let's forget the afc and the nfl in terms of quarterback ranking he's the third best quarterback in his own division sometimes fourth if ben roethlisberger plays like he does in the fourth quarter you know uh browns have picked up a fifth year option on this guy for in 2022 uh to get paid 18 million uh but after that you know cause they. They just picked up his rookie option. After that, does he get a contract? If you're the Browns, do you give this guy a new contract? That's the question on most people's minds when it comes to this topic. Does Baker Mayfield stay in Cleveland after his fifth year? In 2020, just last year, Baker Mayfield had the number one ranked offensive line. And they did make it to a divisional round playoff game. Uh... Top five this year, offensive line, you know, like I said, still sitting middle of the pack AFC, almost out of the playoffs. You know, you still have an offensive line. Uh, You have weapons, you know, you have Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, uh, Austin Hooper, Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, they, they have offensive weapons. Uh, fourth best defense by the way this year too from the fourth overall ranked defense you know when you have a top five offensive line and a top four defense put put Josh Allen in that situation this year put Lamar Jackson in that situation Lamar Jackson has the 16th ranked offensive line coming into this week uh you know give give Joe Burrow an offensive line like he like Mayfield has in Cleveland, and. What do you get? You know, Baker Mayfield has underperformed this year. No doubt about it. He has, I know he's been shaken up and injured, but, you know, overall with this team, they should be contending for a top spot in this AFC right now. The, you know, injuries are no excuse. Tennessee Titans are all banged up. They're up towards the top. You know, everybody's missing players at this point. Next man up. There is no excuse at this time in the NFL. And that's how it should be um baker has been wrapped up in some controversies since he's been in cleveland as well we all know the odell beckham jr's father situation um you know he comes at his own fans during press conferences like i said he had some injuries uh but does he have too much of an ego as well that's one thing Mm -hmm. I've noticed about him is he definitely brings that ego to the table but is it too much it's good to have an ego but I think it's also bad to have too much of one and I think that's one of his main problems you know he right now he knows he's the guy in Cleveland but does he deserve to be there I I would like to hear if I am speaking to any Browns fans I would like to hear feedback feedback on this email me you know I want to know how you feel about Baker Mayfield you know contact me because everything I'm pointing out here definitely shows me he wasn't the best quarterback taken in that draft Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are definitely in my mind at least ahead of him and speaking in terms of division obviously with Jackson being in his division Joe Burrow also outperforming him this year uh, you know it's hard to say but I say no, I say he is not the guy. This is, this is what I'm laying out to prove that he is not the guy. Um, after last year's performance, this year has been such a disappointment. 25th in passing offense with that offensive line and those weapons, it's very sad in my eyes. I do like Baker Mayfield, but I'm going to say he is definitely not the guy for the Cleveland Browns. I think they can do a lot better. Coming off that topic, I do want to get into now some NBA. There has been some discussions recently that I've seen about Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, he is leading right now the 20-8 and Nets to the best record in the East. Is he MVP worthy? best player of the league worthy Uh, possibly he's averaging about 30 points per game six assists and eight rebounds all in his 14th year in the NBA I know LeBron has talked about a lot you know with his age being 36 and putting up the numbers he does Uh, Kevin Durant averaging 37 minutes per game this year that eclipses LeBron by far Uh, he is 33 as well you know he's not some Young kid, young guy, you know, he is in his 30s, getting to his mid-30s. The last two games especially have really, really stood out to me for him. Uh, At Detroit, back on Sunday, he posted a monster stat line of 51 points, seven rebounds, and nine assists. Uh, Over 50% shooting that game, of 16 of 31 from the field, five of 10 from three, also on par with 50% in 41 minutes. You know, he and he looked absolutely unstoppable as he should. And you know, nobody's it's not a surprise that he is doing this. I'm not saying it's surprising he's doing this. Um you know, cuz he has done this before, but in this type of environment with this team, you know, putting the team on his back. You know, no Kyrie Irving, James Harden has looked kind of down this year. Um, I don't know if age is catching up with him or if his style of play just isn't it anymore. Um, But yeah, going back to last night, the reason I'm... This really impressed me last night watching Durant uh, versus the Toronto Raptors. Uh, It was a tight game down the stretch. Ended up going to overtime uh, at 120 to 120. He posted a stat line of 34 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. And what stuck out to me the most out of all that is he played 48 minutes. And that's a bit worrisome in the sense because he is, like I said, he is 33 years old. He is in his 14th year. He has had some injuries, some major ones that kept him out for a full year, or this would be his 15th year. But, you know, that's a lot of minutes for a guy. And it's a shame that Kyrie's out right now because I feel like he would be able to – he could take a lot of those minutes off the what he's putting on this year. You know, averaging 37 minutes a game, that's no easy task. Um, he virtually played the whole game last night. Um, they were trailing 124 to 120 with four minutes left in overtime. He scored six straight. Three straight possessions came down pulled up, hit a mid-range or a short-range shot. And he just looked so smooth doing it. He just takes over the game and he always makes it look so easy. I know the wingspan plays into a factor of that, but you know he just shoots over everybody. Nobody can stop him. Is he past his prime? I don't think so. Uh, Maybe two more years you could get this type of production out of him. That, you know, being that tall and lanky, it can kind of have an effect on your body after a certain amount of time. But you know he has just been outstanding this year, and it's hard to say anybody's been playing better. Right now, he is my current MVP. But if I have to pick someone who can challenge him in that department, it would be Stephen Curry. He currently right now is leading the Warriors to the best record in the West at 23 and five. Well-deserving of MVP talk, well-deserving of best player right now. He's averaging about 27 points a game, six assists, five rebounds. It is also his 12th year, and he, like Durant, is 33 years old. They do match in age. Uh Steph played longer at college, obviously. That's why he is only in his twelfth year. And he's averaging about thirty four minutes a game. So they're very, very close in the stat lines this year. Uh he just made history last night in passing Ray Allen in three point makes. Uh he shoots the three at a forty percent clip and it is leading them, you know, well and like I said, well in the first place right now. Um They're both have been amazing this year. But if I have to give it to somebody right now, it would be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is currently the best player in the NBA, currently most deserving of MVP, especially if he keeps up this style of play. You know, he... it's It's hard to say, you know, if he adds a couple more championships, why isn't he better than LeBron? You know, I know LeBron, you know, you can't deny his legacy and greatness. Um, But if Kevin, like I said, Kevin Durant gets a couple more titles, he'll have a better finals record. Um, Why not? Why can't, you know, Kevin Durant can eventually pass LeBron in scoring too. He is on current pace to do so if he would play long enough and produce as much as he is. So, it's hard to say, but I'm giving it to Kevin Durant right now. He is currently the best player in the NBA, and it's hard to argue that fact, even with the greatest shooter of all time, Steph Curry. Next topic I would like to get into was a shocker for today, Jackson State FCS School, uh, led by Deion Sanders, who is the FCS Coach of the Year this year. Um... Flipped the number one or number two overall recruit, depending on which ranking system you're getting it from. I've seen both. So I'm just going to stick with number two overall recruit. He flipped the number two overall recruit from FBS school, Florida State. Uh, Travis Hunter, uh, cornerback. You know, this is the first five-star high school prospect in football. To go to sign with an FCS school for the first time since two thousand and six, since they started these rankings, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. You know, a lot of these bigger schools, you know, they attract all these players because it gets their name out, it gets them projected easily into you know being drafted into the NFL, and you know, it it, it was just surprising to see that. But you know, Jackson State for an FCS school, they're a top one hundred medium market. They fill their stands, you know, their fans travel, their alumni travels, you know, Deion Sanders, you know, obviously an all-time great NFL player. He has potential to pull in a lot of recruits like this. And it's amazing to watch, you know, because like I said, sacrificing those bigger schools can kind of put you at a disadvantage for the draft. But, you know, if he's good enough and Jackson State, you know, there, they were no slouch this year as a team. Uh, Sanders did lead them to an eleven and one record, eight and zero in their conference. Uh, they were probably one of the best teams in the FCC, FCS this year. You know, uh, North Dakota State's always up there. They were like two or three time champions. Um, but you get you can get a chance to watch these guys, and I think I'm going to. Saturday at noon, they are on national TV on ABC. Uh, they average almost 30 points a game. They're a high-functioning offense. Uh, they are taking on FBS opponent South Carolina State, and it should be a fun one to watch. And I think you guys, you know, if you like watching college football, it should be a good game to turn uh, to tune into. We're gonna switch over to the NFL here: uh, Chiefs Chargers Thursday Night Football game. Looking like it's going to be one hell of a game. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, headline this matchup. Herbert, this year, 3,822 yards passing, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Mahomes right behind him, though, with 3,642 yards, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, Two of the top 10 and quarterbacks right now well top five quarterbacks statistically are facing off in this game two of the top ten offenses are also going against each other they both average exactly 27 points per game this one you know it could really really be a fun matchup to watch uh key players in this matchup you know Austin Eckler I know he is questionable for this week but you know he is always a standout guy on the field. You know, produces so many statistics, uh, not just running the ball, but receiving as well. Uh, Tyreek Hill, also the other key player to watch. If Austin Eckler is out, keep an eye on Mike Williams. He is a big, strong physical receiver. Justin Herbert can just lay the ball up there, and he'll go up and get it. Very, very tough cover, especially for the Chiefs, who don't have the greatest defense this year in the past game. But just keep an eye on those two. Uh, Chargers are getting three points at home. If you're into sports betting, uh, they are the underdogs at home in this game, like I said, by three points. Uh, but I like them to win outright. Uh, over and under this game is 52 points. Again, I like the over in this game. Uh, both average 27. You know, th- I don't think there's going to be too much defense to this. It doesn't seem like that unless there is going to be some weather that affects it. But I'm going to make a prediction on this game. And I'm going to say the Chargers get this win. Cool off the Chiefs a little bit. I'm going to say the Chargers win this 35-31 at home. You know, it it should be a high-scoring game. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting two great quarterbacks to put on a show. And this is another game you're going to want to tune into. It is going to be fun to watch. And, you know, like I said... I think the Chargers take this one. Next next segment, I am moving into my best bets of the week in the NFL. Uh, I'm doing this all according to Caesar Sportsbook and what they have laid out as far as spreads, over-unders. If you're into this stuff, you should take a listen to this. Uh, Listen closely. I am going to be giving some predictions and some possible bets I might be putting down myself here if you're into the whole sports betting scene. I do want to touch on this from week to week because, you know, a lot of people seem to be interested in it. And um, you know, maybe I could help. But my first game of the week. Colts Patriots. There's an over-under of this game of forty-five and a half total points between the two. Both are in the top ten in scoring offense. Uh Colts average twenty-eight and a half points per game. The Patriots average twenty six point nine points per game. But I'm going to be taking the under in this game, and I'll tell you why. Patriots allow only 15.4 points per game. That is first ranked in the NFL, and the Colts average uh, allow 21.8 points per game, which ranks ninth in the NFL. Two of the top 10 scoring defenses are facing off this week. I know they average a lot of points, but I attribute that to their opponents they've been playing uh playing each other I think this game is going to be a little bit more slow paced uh run and grind kind of game uh I expect a close game and as I said low scoring so I'm taking the under of this game I think it's going to go under 45 and a half points I can see this being like a 20 to 17 game or a 24 to 21 game so right at that 40 45 threshold but I think it's going to stay under uh, second game on the list, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home against the Tennessee Titans are getting one and a half points. Kind of a tough game to pick spread wise. Uh, if you like the outright pick, which I do in this situation, I like the Steelers. So it would be good to take them outright or just plus one and a half because I think they're going to win outright. See, This seems like a game that the Titans are going to struggle in. Uh, you can kind of just see that with Tennessee, especially without Derrick Henry, um, Ryan Tannehill, is good, but middle of the pack, uh, mediocre quarterback. He's nothing great, but he's not bad. Um, like I said, seems like a game the Titans are going to struggle in. Why do I say that? The pass game. Steelers have the potential to play the run well, and I know that's funny to say after they just got absolutely torched by Dalvin Cook, who almost rushed for 200 yards, You know, put up 199 on him and just dismantled them, you know, ran right through them like they were nothing. Uh, I think they're going to play the run a little bit better this week, especially because the Titans have the fifth-ranked rushing offense. You know, Minnesota has a good pass game, so they can kind of go either way, but Tennessee beats you with the run. And I think Pittsburgh, knowing that, at home with that crowd behind them, they still have a chance to get in the playoffs. I think they're going to play that run tight. Um, And the reason I mentioned the pass game is Tennessee ranks 23rd in past offense. And it's not going to get it done. We're putting Ryan Tanio in the situation to win them that game, it's a very winnable game for Pittsburgh. Uh, Tennessee also ranks 26th in pass defense, which, you know, if Big Ben gets going a little bit earlier than he did in the last game, you know, fourth quarter, he absolutely exploded. He has the best numbers in the fourth quarter this year for a quarterback. Um, if he keeps that going all game, he is going to shred that Titans' pass defense. Uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, Pat Fryermuth, and hell, let's throw Harris in there as well. You know, even in the pass game, he is a very, very valuable weapon. I think with all those guys, uh, I'm taking the Steelers outright. Tennessee's defense, I don't think is going to be up for the task to stop in that pass. Uh, Najee Harris, you know, can kill you in the run and the pass game. And with those receivers, you know, I think Claypool's gonna have it together this week, despite, you know, celebrating with 40 seconds left on a running clock. You know, I think he'll have his head straight this week. Uh Deontay Johnson, an unbelievable weapon since being drafted. He he is Big Ben's favorite target by far. So keep an eye on him as well. But I like the Steelers. Texans Jaguars. I know. It's a it's a matchup between two two and eleven squads. It's a very, this one is probably my least uh, confidence I have in picking a bet this week, but I'm going to go with it, mainly because the over and under this game sits at 39 and a half, and that's very low. Uh, I will mind you the first time these two teams met, the Texans won 37 to 21, which is a combined 58 points. Uh, Both average only 13 points per game, which is kind of scary. But then again, they are pretty bad teams. So that means they both are bad on defense, which in turn, they both give up 26 points per game. Hoping the bad defenses prevail in this one, Uh, both bottom half of the league in all defensive categories against the run, pass, scoring, you name it. Uh, I'm going to take the over of 39 and a half here. Uh, I think they can both at least put up 20 points, and if not, I can see someone scoring upper 20s, maybe 30s, while the other one stays in the uh, higher teens to kind of hit over that 39 mark. So I would book that one. That one feels, you know, the more I do talk about this and kind of point out some of the things I have written down for myself, you know, that should be an easy one. Over 39 and a half, take it. My last bet for the week that I do have on here on this segment is the Philadelphia Eagles. They are minus seven, which they are giving a touchdown and an extra point to the Washington football team, but they're at home. I know the Eagles are one and four this year at home, but look who they've had to play. The 49ers, Chiefs, Bucks, and the Chargers at home this year. That is one of the most brutal home schedules I've heard of in the NFL. And, they could have a chance here to take advantage of the Washington football team, who is dealing with a mass amount of injuries coming off this past week. Uh, Jonathan Allen defensive end and, you know, some are due to COVID as well, but yeah, Jonathan Allen out, uh, Kendall Fuller cornerback, JD McKissick running back, Terry McLaurin wide receiver. They are all projected to be out this week, which are big, big pieces to their offense and defense. um, The only thing that worries me with this minus seven pick hurts could be back. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but the Washington football team is 25th against the pass. And the way Gardner Minshew played last week or two weeks ago, excuse me, the way he played, you know, he absolutely ripped up the jets pass defense, which also is not very good. And I think he has the chance to do the same thing. So, if Hurts plays, they might be able to get the running game going a little bit, but Washington does have a good run defense, so that's what worries me. But if Minshew's playing in this game, take the Eagles minus seven. I think they have a chance to win this game by two-plus touchdowns. Um, they have looked a little bit better in recent weeks, and like I said, the football team kind of stumbling right now with these injuries. Um, so, it, you know, this could be a great potential for you to throw some money down on Philly. I'm going to finish up today's show with some interesting stories that I saw throughout the day Uh, after last night's record-breaking achievement that Steph Curry had passing Ray Allen after the game Curry gifted custom-made Rolexes to Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala which I thought that was very awesome of him to do Um, I thought it was a little over the top, but I guess for those two dishing out the most assists to him over the years making these threes, I guess it's a well-deserved gift. But I thought that was pretty cool. I might have to look into that story a little bit more to get some info on those watches, but, you know, I thought that was awesome. And uh, one story that jumped out to me that I saw, uh, probably a name you haven't heard in a while in the NFL if you're following football, uh, Percy Harvin. Was just recently interviewed and was quoted saying he's one thousand percent ready if an opportunity pre- presents itself. Percy Harvin last played for the Buffalo Bills in 2018, and injuries kind of, you know, set back his career a little bit. Uh, he hasn't been in the NFL since then. But uh, I have a little bit of a prediction. Maybe you know if he does swirl up in the news, we all know about the Tampa Bay Bucks situation with Antonio Brown and the whole fake vaccination card. And we're not sure if he's coming back to Tampa Bay. And we know that Tom Brady likes to kind of go out on a limb and get those guys in there. Do not be surprised. If you see Percy Harvin sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know it's a little bit going out on a limb there. Um, but it's something that could potentially happen. And, you know, I, I think that would be awesome. You know, Percy Harvin was pretty good when he played, uh, was always great for Minnesota. Um, but yeah, keep, keep an eye out for that. He is only 33 years old, so he is well in football shape, I would assume, and definitely still within the age range to come play. So keep an eye on that. You know, Tom Brady's a little sneaky like that. He likes to get those guys snuck in there, and I think it could be a potentially good fit. I want to thank everybody that took the time to listen to this episode today. I had a lot of fun making this episode and pulling all these statistics, and, you know, I always have a blast doing that. But, um, yeah, thank you for listening. I will be back Friday with another episode. I hope you'll be able to join me. This has been the Sports Talk Podcast. Have a good night.